Welcome back to Point of View. Here's part two of our energy roundtable. What, what's the marketplace look like for carbon? I mean, it just seems like it's going to be an extremely profitable industry. Am I wrong? Or what, what is that marketplace going to look like? Congressman Armstrong, you want to take that? I think I think the silence from four, well, three pretty smart people and me is we don't know. But <laughs> it, it, so and let's back up a little bit. Reducing carbon is great. We need to do that whether and like I said, and we can do that. But we always should be a little careful of a government created construct that trades trades like a free market commodity. Uh, not the least. I, I mean, you just have to be careful about effectuating those policies right and that doesn't just that's not just the energy industry when you start talking about carbon banks and agriculture and you start doing this i want to tell you what really ends up happening with that large international companies deal yeah. with those things in a way that makes smaller businesses almost impossible to compete and the reason is is they're complicated compliance is different we deal with it when 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 a lot of my friends talk about being carbon neutral what they mean is they'll buy their offsets. <laughs> That's what they mean about being carbon neutral. And they're not honest about it. So you showed a thing with Chevron and BP and all of that. That doesn't actually affect the Bakken all that much because they're not producing the oil in the Bakken. I mean, they, they exist in the same world, but we're more interested in the North Dakota companies and the smaller mid-majors who have taken the risk and have come, and out, come out here. So if they want to get out of that field on offshore out of Indonesia and everything, we're great with that because we'll just produce more oil in the Bakken. But be a little careful about how, I, I mean, I just would caution anybody watching this to be a little careful about a carbon market because there is no real world carbon market. That is an artificial government construct that really takes just a different form of regulation. Well, I guess that's what I mean by it seems like it's going to be pretty profitable when you're selling air. <laughs> so anybody else want to jump in on the carbon market before we get some viewer questions? Oh, I would agree, Chris. I, I think carbon market to me means a higher cost for the consumers, uh, smaller operators at, at a competitive disadvantage, uh, those entities that can pass it along in the terms of their their uh, full scale uh, efforts uh, owning from the well to the tank. Um, but uh, something that I think North Dakota producers, agriculture and oil and gas and energy producers uh, better fully understand the ramifications before we walk down that road. Ron, real quick, as you mentioned that, I mean, what's your take on the American Petroleum Institute potentially that they have, and I haven't seen it, but coming out for a carbon tax? Well, I, I think that's exactly uh, Congressman Armstrong's point. Uh, those are companies that have the ability to pass it on in a tax to, to us as consumers at the gas pump. It's a lot easier uh, to do that as, a, as an independent oil producer, much like we have in the oil in the Bakken, uh, you don't have that ability. So you, you eat that and you're at a competitive disadvantage. So uh, for large integrated oil companies, it's easier just to, to consume the costs and pass it on in the terms of uh, at the pump. 85 of the big five companies, Chris, 83 to 85% of their oil is produced outside of U.S. shores. A carbon tax in the United States doesn't necessarily reflect, reflect or affect their global business in the same way it does where 100% of your business is in the Bakken. So if we're going to start talking about carbon taxes, you will have at least one guy in D.C. saying that's great, but it's going to be on your worldwide production and not just your U.S. production. But, and I'm going to get to some of that in a moment, but I do want to get to some viewer comments here. Um, Tim Rasmussen, and maybe Congressman, you want to take this since you're an attorney, says several states have launched a lawsuit against the Biden admin 
demanding reinstatement of Keystone XL pipeline permit. How real is this? Does the suit have a chance? Uh, so it's a real suit. Uh, our attorney general has joined it. Everybody up and down the line has. Uh, the question is, and this is the question, and I think this is the hurdle they'll have to overcome. And I haven't, I haven't read the briefs or anything yet, but the executive authority on the presidential permit is pretty tight. Uh, whether it should be or shouldn't be. I mean, I've actually introduced a bill to get rid of it, but it'll be interesting. Um, I, I do think there is some some interesting issues as to how you can change the rules of the game after the game has been played. But the executive authority regarding the, I mean, there's nothing unique about the Keystone XL as compared to other pipelines. The unique was is, the uniqueness was because it crossed the Canadian border, the, this White House could uh, get rid of it with the stroke of a pen. So I hope they're successful. Um, it, it's, it's smart attorney generals that have had success prior. Uh, they had success on waters of the U.S. Uh, attorney General Sejim was a part of that. So if anybody can get, if anybody can make a go of it, it's them. So this again could be for all of you. If someone's got any inside track, I know that there's going to be a hearing on the Dakota Access Pipeline. I believe it's April 9th. Anybody got an inside beat on that? Is oil going to continue to flow through Dapple or is it possibly not going to be flowing? Well, Chris, I'll take that one. And obviously, April 9th is an extremely important date for us. 570,000 barrels of, of American-made Bakken oil from North Dakota, uh, feeding the largest refining complex in, in the country, 70% of our refinery in the Louisiana Gulf Coast. Uh, absent Bakken oil going in that pipeline every day, that oil is going to come from Libya, Iraq, Iran, uh, unfriendly nations to our country. And what we are doing is we are enhancing their ability to produce and sell oil to America as opposed to uh, great jobs and economic activity. That pipeline is 92 feet beneath the bedrock there of, of the river south of Bismarck. There's absolutely no reason it can't continue to operate safely as it has for the past three and a half years. It's a super big deal. Uh, we are very concerned about it. And of course that oil is getting to market one way or another. So it's yeah. gonna go trucks and trains and every other way, uh, but not as safely or not do a good, better market like we have today and, and at, a, at a higher price. But hey, and I if think, it goes that way, it's going to increase carbon emissions. So, uh, and Warren and Warren Buffett makes more money. But anyways, let's talk about this. Um, here's a question, and and James and Charlie, if you guys want to jump in on this one, and I'll give some context after I read this as well. What's the future of ethanol? We've got two local plants, obviously the Thurlton plant and others. And then, just for some context here, there was a big announcement um, from Senator Hoban's office regarding the green planes to build carbon capture pipeline for co2 storage in north dakota from like 40 ethanol plants i believe in iowa or at least around the midwest so james or charlie whoever wants to go first on that one please yeah i'll, I'll take that one uh so for north dakota north dakota we have the geology the, the same reason we have this wonderful bakken oil production play we have the sedimentary geology that stored oil and gas for millions of years we have geology that is suitable for carbon storage um, we have several ethanol facilities uh, that overlay that wonderful geology and they can take advantage of capturing the carbon dioxide right now and storing it in the subsurface. And what they're doing is taking advantage of low carbon fuels markets in the, particularly in the West Coast. Uh, so they'll be able to lower their carbon intensity by capturing that carbon. Again, if you wanna watch that Energy Roundtable in its entirety, very easy to do, just go to our Facebook page. It's facebook.com forward slash POV now. 
amazing, amazing stuff in that roundtable conversation. And again, thank you to all of our guests for joining us, giving us their time and their insight. We're going to be doing more and more of those because it's just such an important conversation these days. All right, stay with us. When we come back, we'll be wrapping things up here in Point of View. As always, please share your point of view with us. Email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be right back. 